Welcome to the Heart Shaped Ministries podcast, where we discuss the big areas of life that God wants to transform in each one of us. When Jonas was four years old and Eden was only two years old, we had them, Jonas had just started learning how to use scissors, right? And uh, we had a couple of young men that were living with us named Timba and France. They were both 21 years old. And uh, it, we had such a humorous moment. And uh, he was just learning how to use scissors. And he used a pair of scissors and cut our pillowcase in our bedroom. So now it wasn't rebellion. It was recklessness. And we're going to tell you the difference between rebellion, recklessness, and restlessness. This is an absolutely crucial understanding if you're going to parent well, if you're going to shape their hearts and shape their characters. This Facebook Live is very, very important. Listen to it all the way through so you can get it. It's at the core of helping to shape their hearts and their character. So you don't want to miss out. Listen to it all the way through to the end. It's a game changer for people that are wanting to shape hearts and not just get conformity of outward behavior. So Jonas was uh, four. He just learned how to use some scissors. He cut our pillowcase and we knew it was him. We, I mean, who else would it be, right? We did. So we called Jonas in and I sat him down at, on the end of the bed and I said, Jonas, now listen, I'm going to ask you a question. And if you tell me the answer and you're, and you're truthful, then you're not going to be in trouble. But if I ask you the question and you lie, you will definitely get in trouble. I said, do you, do you understand this? He said, yes, dad. I said, okay. So you're going to tell me the truth. Yes, dad. Said Jonas, did you cut our pillowcase with a pair of scissors? And he said, No, Dad. <laughs> so I said, Okay, wait a minute, Jonas. Did you hear what I said? I said, If you tell me a lie, you definitely will get in trouble. If you tell me the truth, you're not going to get in trouble. Did you cut my pillowcase? No, Dad. I said, Okay, well then, if you didn't cut my pillowcase, who cut my pillowcase? And he, he says, Eden. I said, Eden cut my pillowcase. Eden, who's not even two years old, who doesn't even know how to use a pair of scissors, she walked in here and she cut our pillowcase. I said, yes, Dad, Eden cut, cut the pillowcase. I said, okay, just wait one moment. I went and I got Eden and I put Eden at the end of the bed. And I said, Eden, now did you, if you tell me the truth, I'm going to ask you a question. If you tell me the truth, you're not going to get in trouble. But if you lie to me, you are definitely going to get in trouble. I said, Eden, did you cut our pillowcase with a pair of scissors? She says, no, Dad. I said, okay, Jonas, Eden says she didn't cut the pillowcase. You say Eden did. I believe Eden. And she says, and he says, well, I, I don't know. I said, Jonas, did you cut the pillowcase? He says, no. I said, who cut it? He said, France. I said, France, who lives with us, he's 21 years old, and France came in here with a pair of scissors, and he cut our pillowcase. He said, yes, France did it. <laughs> and he looked at Eden, and Eden looked at me and said, France did it. I said, you're both throwing France under the bus. You're saying that France cut the pillowcase. So I said, okay, wait one, one moment. Wait right here. I went and I got France. And I set him down at the end of the bed. So you can imagine Jonas, four years old, is there. Eden, two years old. France, 21 years old, sitting next to Eden. 
And I said, now, France, listen, I'm going to ask you a question. If you tell me the truth, you're not going to get in trouble. But if you lie to me, you are definitely going to get in trouble. You understand, France? He says, yes, he's playing along. He says, yes. I said, France, did you cut my pillowcase with a pair of scissors? He says, no. I said, well, Jonas says that you did. And he looks at Jonas, and Jonas just like, you know, his eyes just like, oh, my God, I've been caught out. You've been caught out. And Fred says, did you, did you say that, Jonas? And he was like, uh, I said, Jonas, what happened? And he says, well, um, they did it all by themselves. I said, what did? He says, the scissors. I said, the scissors cut the pillowcase all by themselves with no help from you. He said, that's right, Dad. And Eden's like, Yes, that, that makes sense to makes me. Sense. France was like, yeah, I'm not going to go. I got to buy that. <laughs> so I said, France, it, Eden, you can leave. Jonas, you are in trouble. Now, in that moment, I have a decision to make because there's a couple of things happening in that scenario. One was that Jonas was being reckless with the pair of scissors. And he moved over into rebellion only when he started to lie to me. So one was a, a mindset change. He, he was using scissors. The other was a heart change that needed to be dealt with. We're going to talk about how, how those are different and what you can do and how you can parent in a different way. Please do start saying hello to us so that we can see that you're there and, uh, and say hello. If you do have questions, start thinking about them, especially around the issue of character and shaping their hearts around character. So do bring some questions. Great. Well, we love that story. We've told that story so many times and we laugh so hard still to this day with friends. Um, but like Drew said, our children's behavior is not automatically always out of rebellion or defiance. And sometimes we can treat all of their misbehavior yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's really important that we learn actually where their behavior is coming from because sometimes it's actually out of just restlessness or recklessness. So not necessarily rebellion. And those things actually require a much different response from us as parents yeah. and come from very different motives from our children as well. And we'll need to know the difference in order to administer the, the right discipline, in order to shape their character and shape their hearts in the right way from that. And we just want to, I just want to show you kind of an example of that. We're going to look at the motives, the different motives behind those three different things. So different motives behind restlessness, recklessness, and rebellion. Now let's look at restlessness first. So if a child's behavior is coming from a place of they are just, they're restless, they're exhausted, they're restless. And firstly, it can look like exhaustion. So like I said, it can look like boredom and, and it can look like loneliness. So those are motives behind a behavior that comes from restlessness. Recklessness is different. The motives behind that can be curiosity, can be peer influence, and it can be indiscretion or just actually acting foolishly about something. Hmm. And then rebellion, again, is very different altogether. So that comes from motives of bitterness, control, and deception. So as you can see, all three of those are very, very different. And we don't respond to those things in the same way for our children. And normally these motives are actually the same in toddlers and children and teenagers, but obviously they manifest differently in all three of those different categories. And we look at them in much more detail in our book, but we wanted to look at what it would look like for a toddler. So just to give us a bit of an example and stuff to think about. This is good for us because we are still in the toddler stage. 
um, with care. And so if we look at a toddler, so what restlessness looks like in a toddler, and you you all will know these this behavior very well. It can look like whining, nagging, getting attention through negative behavior, having a meltdown from exhaustion. So all of those things are actually behaviors that stem yeah. from restlessness. Okay, recklessness. So that can look like acting without regard to others. So just doing things without having any thought of how it might affect somebody else, using thoughtless speech, or copying bad behavior from peers for whatever reason. So that's recklessness in a toddler. Rebellion looks like disobeying, and whether that's directly disobeying or kind of discreetly disobeying. You know, we have we often can have children that some of those that are just outright yeah. disobey what you say, or others can still disobey, but it's in a little bit more of a subtle, subtle roundabout way. And they're the they're the most dangerous ones, by they the are. way. The, they the are. Subtle you got to watch them. Can rebel and won't, they won't just come out and just defy you in, in your in front or to your face. They'll do it behind your exactly. back. Exactly. It will be indiscreetly. A little bit harder. Um, delaying obedience or throwing tantrums to manipulate outcomes. So those are examples of behaviors that actually come from a motivation of rebellion. Now, all of these things, there are different responses that we need to have as parents. We need to respond to them in different ways. So if we think about restlessness, if our child is misbehaving because of restlessness, we actually need to adjust the circumstances that they're in. So the circumstances that they're in need to change. And that's actually down to us. The parents Mm. need to adjust the circumstance. If our child's behavior is coming from recklessness, with recklessness, we need to adjust their mindset. So it's actually a mindset shift that they need in that time. And if their behavior is coming from a motive of rebellion, we need to adjust their heart. As you can see, it's they're very different in those three responses to those three different things. And on our website, we actually have a free resource that we would really encourage you go on our website, get a hold of this resource. Um, it goes into much more detail and what those three things would look like in a toddler, but also in a child, and then also in a teenager, and what our responses are to them. So please get a hold of that. And we just we actually want to look at a couple examples now. And I want to look at a toddler. So say a toddler is having a meltdown because of exhaustion. So this would be coming from a place of restlessness. And remember that when that is happening, our response needs to be a change of circumstance. So just for an example, when Ko started school, so he was probably about three, he started going to school in the morning till about 12 or half past 12. And oftentimes I was busy in the morning, so when I picked him up, I would pick him up, then we would often go to the shops or maybe we would go visit somebody. And actually by the end of that time, his behavior was so bad, he was exhausted, he was grumpy, he was crying. Now, if I'm not thinking through kind of how I am planning my day, I can take that as he's just being grumpy, he's just being kind of rebellious. But actually, he was he was restless, he was exhausted. And what needed to happen is that my, my plans, my circumstance needed to change for him. Yeah. So I quickly, luckily, caught onto this. And um, it's a very simple example. And oftentimes with restlessness, it is a simple solution. We just need to see it and then change it. So then he started, was still going in the mornings. I would fetch him at 12 or half past 12, and then we would just go straight home. 
and I would try to get my stuff done in the mornings or the afternoons because yeah. I knew he needed to get home, he needed to eat, and he needed to rest. Yeah. And it it really completely changed his behavior for the afternoon. Yeah, it was super helpful. We go into to a lot of different examples, and uh, just so that you know, we we do have um, this course, which is. Uh, over five hours of parenting training and helpful tips and all sorts of stuff to get at the heart. And this is specifically for life. And we look at three things, love, character, and destiny, and how you shape that, how you shape your child for life. And then the another course, which is around success, again, a, a, a big course, three hours long, um, lots of content there, how you shape your child for success. But we speak about this, and if this is st- striking a chord with you, please do check it out. It's uh, If you go and look up e-courses on our website, you will find both of those available. And let me just remind you, uh, think of some questions that you might have for us now. And uh, as we give you another example here, so Megan spoke about the toddler being restless. So now let's look at an example of some a toddler being reckless. And let's use the example of a reckless behavior of disregarding others. And so if you're going to address that, remember you're changing the mindset. You're, that's what you're going after. You want to then revisit the value of other people and think of ways to, to communicate the value of someone else, reinforce being kind to them. You're wanting to shift their mindset and address the reckless behavior of disregarding others. We would often get upset at this. So they're disregarding someone. We would get so upset and we would treat it like rebellion and go to your room and, and we wouldn't think of how to follow through and how to shape their heart especially if they were disregarding adults mm-hmm. we would we that would just kind of make us livid like you you've yeah. got to say hi to the adult you know and you can't disregard them if, especially if they're going to greet you mm-hmm. one of the ways that we did this to adjust their mindset is i realized that their kids were not engaging properly and they were disregarding adults and so we had a little mini class of what to do whenever adults come and approach you so we, we literally, I, I said, okay, kids, sit down, and then we role-played it. So I said, okay, I'm the adult. What would you do? I come up to you, and I say, hello, and you, you want to go play with your friends, but what would you do in that moment? And, you know, they didn't catch on right away, so we had to role-play. It took play. some practice. It took some practice, and then I got each one of them to role-play with me. So I said, okay, Jonas, now, you, okay, well done. You've done a great job, so now you sit over there, and then I got Eden. Eden, you're next. I come up, and I taught them how to shake hands, how to, in our culture particularly, how to make eye contact with someone that was part of our culture. And, um, and you might need to teach, if you're in a different multicultural setting, you know, teach what mm-hmm. others might think through. Because I know in, in the Zulu culture, you know, a young person wouldn't look at someone straight in the eye. That's disrespectful. That's mm-hmm. actually disregarding someone. Uh, you would keep your head lower. You know, I can imagine even in Korea or places like that, it would be different. So you want to do a little bit of coaching around so around those type of issues so that they are culturally sensitive. Um, but in this case, we were saying, okay, someone comes and how are you going to do it? And we went through it and um, we had to help them. We had to train them, their mindset to consider others. It took a little bit more time, but it was worth it. Instead of just treating every situation of disregarding others mm-hmm. uh, in a, uh, as a rebellion, um, they're being reckless. They're, they're, you've got to grow them. And just, just to add on to that as well, as we role-played, we also realized they actually needed the value behind it, so the reason why we're asking them to do that. Because sometimes yeah, we can just good. say to the kids, 
you need to greet adults, don't run here, you know, don't do this. But we're not explaining to them why, you know, what is the reason why? And if they, if there are kids just have a whole bunch of rules and boundaries on them without knowing the reason why behind it, yeah. that can be quite, just feel restrictive and frustrating without them really understanding. So with that particular one, we would talk about how people are precious, right, yeah. how we need to speak kindly to them. We honor them by greeting them. We also talked about how, how does it feel like when you're not greeted? So what if you greeted someone and then they just ignored you and ran off? You know, how yeah. would that feel? Well, that's how people feel, you know, when we disregard them or don't greet them. And it takes a little while sometimes, but sometimes they need some training again on, you know, the value of people. Is there a value behind that that you need to also be training them in? Yeah. Yeah. These are great. We're going to get to some of those comments in a moment. Nomfundo, I see you there, and uh, we're going to talk around that in just a moment. Let me give you one more illustration before we get there um, around delayed disobedience. So we're in the rebellion column now, and let's say it is dis- they're disobeying. Now, if, if someone is disobeying, particularly if there has been a, a boundary set and now they're crossing that boundary, that does need a different approach you have to now adjust their hearts because there's there's sin in their hearts coming out and you want to adjust their hearts and sometimes to adjust their hearts you need to intervene with a more severe consequence that almost shocks them into seeing how their behavior is hurting someone else or hurting them or you know it how it's a dangerous thing their choices are in the danger zone now um, and that's really why we're wanting to train their hearts for rebellion. It's not just because we're trying to get good behavior from them. It's because mm-hmm. we don't want them to hurt themselves. We don't want them to hurt others. And we, we actually want them to grow into all God has for them. And the enemy is trying to thwart that. He's trying to derail them. Again, on our website, just want to mention, there's another free resource around creative discipline ideas in all of these areas with the different ages. Um, it's not comprehensive. There's a lot more in the book, but there is that free resource. You can go and have a look and get some ideas. One of the examples that we give in that book is uh, what we call a practice run. And this is uh, from a, dis- a delayed disobedience. So if they don't obey in the first time when we say, you know, you come to dad, we're teaching them that if they don't obey, you know, that there could be consequences. We want them to come right away. We explain why, like Megan said, why we want first time obedience from them because they might not think it's important, but you know, the house could be on fire. And so we need you to hear our voice and come right away. Uh, those type of uh, scenarios we might give them, but then we would do a practice run. We would say, okay, you're not doing the right thing here. You are delaying obedience. So we're going to need to shock them. This is what we're thinking in our minds. We don't say this to them. Shock you into this. So you're now going to need to do a practice run. So we set, you can set up two cones or two markers. And you say, okay, I need you to go from that marker to that marker as quick as you can right now. Are you ready? We're going to time it. Then they've got to go from there. Um, bad reception. Hi, I had bad reception for some reason. We'll watch the replay. Okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, Lisa, I wasn't sure if you were you were saying that we had bad reception. Um, okay, do let us know if there's bad reception coming from our end. Please, thank you for that, Lisa. Look forward to you um, engaging with you in a later t- stage. Thanks for popping in. And we would get them, you get them to run between the two, right? 
So then they need to try it again. They're not fast enough. And you're explaining the whole time you're going to need to get faster at obedience. And you almost want to do it to a little bit where they're kind of feeling exhausted. And you say, we're doing it again. Come on. And you're being a little bit hard on them because they are being rebellious. You want to shock them. They're like, whoa, okay, dad's serious here. And we've done it in other scenarios. Um, even I think I gave an example at one point. I can't remember if it was here in another setting. Uh, with Jonas in the toilet seat where he just wasn't listening. And we had to yeah. train him over and over again with the toilet seat. And so... Those are opportunities, but the whole time in a rebellious situation, you're wanting to adjust their heart. So you're speaking into that and you're saying you're being rebellious. That's why in this moment you're under, we're doing some discipline with you so that you can train your heart to obey next time. So it's, it's, it's a practice run with a little bit of an edge to it and you need to be serious in it. And it kind of shocks them into, well, this is serious, but that's a, an example of what you can do. Understanding. The motives behind those three, and then how those behaviors need to be addressed separately, those reasons, those motives need to be addressed separately, is crucial to shaping their characters. Otherwise, you treat everything like rebellion. You get into shouting mode or anger mode or worse, and and, and it just ends up putting distance between you, and you don't end up actually doing what you need to do as a parent and what they need you to do as a parent but if you understand these simple principles it can be a game changer for you please do understand them so now would you please start writing uh, some questions if you've got questions we'd love to engage with you uh, during the next few minutes that we have remaining uh, please let let me remind you that we do have all of the stuff on an e-course particularly this topic is on the e-course shape your child's heart for life there for facebook users it's 50 percent off okay so if you go there if you type in facebook so sorry to our facebook live audience it is 50 percent off to you so if you type in facebook you'll get 50 percent off on that as well as the shape your child's heart for success And uh, we unpack these things in greater detail and uh, deal with a whole lot. Okay, let's address some of these things that have been uh, said. Um, Let me, okay, let me, let's get to uh, Nikki. What do you say? What are some consequences you used for lack of first time obedience? Um, So it, it, it depends on what it is. So... Um, like the practice run, that's if they're not coming to us. Mm-hmm. But we often will allow, There's um, this is a big topic, but we will allow natural consequences um, to play out. For, so, for example, um, if, the, if they were told, uh, you know, we keep telling them not to leave their bike in the rain or whatever it might be, and, and that's a little bit of a reckless motive there, I guess, I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to think on the top of my head around rebellion that would be appropriate, um, not obeying first time. But that natural consequence mm-hmm. might be that you know they they lose the privilege or they mm-hmm. they cannot. Um, I know my my nephew left his bike in the rain. Oh, sorry, left his bike out and it got stolen. And his parents said, "Well, the natural consequence is you've got to now pay because he'd been told over and over again." Um, so that's a little bit of a of a, a, a reckless illustration there and some of the things that we did in terms of like if they were if we had set boundaries of keep your hands to yourself 
you stop hitting your brother, those type of things. And we would get specific, don't touch your brother. You often have to get specific with your boundaries. It's no, it's not like leave your brother alone. You need to get a little bit more specific. And if then we would see that they didn't obey on that, then we would withdraw naturally privileges like they would have to put their hands in their lap and they would have to close their eyes and they lose the privilege of of looking, using their eyes or using their hands for the next 10 minutes, we'd say, until we say no. So so they would have to they'd keep their eyes closed and they have to keep it quiet and they can't engage in the conversation with the family and they would lose that privilege depending on what it might be that they did. And of course, if they disobeyed and things like they weren't allowed to watch something at past a certain time at night or they went too long on the boundaries of their um, iPad or whatever it might be, they would lose that privilege. But we would often ask them, okay, you have rebelled here. Um, We have to do something as parents because we need your heart. To, to be adjusted because you're not listening. You are literally disobeying because you knew the rules. We often try and clarify that. Do you, what are the boundaries? And they would say this. We say, did you cross those boundaries? They said, yes. Then we would say, okay, what do you think we should do as parents? As, as they got a little bit older, even from six years old on, what do you think we should do as parents? And they would often come with a very severe consequence. Like I shouldn't have my iPad for the next two weeks. And we were thinking, geez, you know, we wouldn't actually take it away for two weeks, but we might say, Okay, well, you you should lose your iPad, but you know what? We're, it's going to be for two days, and then then you come out being the hero, but they feel the pain of it for the next two days, and so those are some examples. You probably have a lot more. Um, well, I think it also depends on the age, um, Nikki. I think this was your question. Um, so, like, even with Ko now, we're just having we're still in that training stage of this. So, if he was struggling with this, we would still do the racing cones no. with him. Or we just also keep reinforcing um, and I would kind of just get down in his face and say, Keo, when mommy calls you, you come first time or you come right away. And we keep reinforcing that over and over again. And sometimes it might mean he doesn't get to do something because he hasn't come right away or he doesn't get to get the toy that he wanted to bring because he's not listening right away. You know, so natural consequences, losing privileges, it depends on the age and sometimes it takes a little bit for them to catch it. So sometimes you do have to give them some time and make sure you know what they're what you're expecting of them as well. Mm. So that's really important. So if you've never expected or required first time obedience and now all of a sudden you're demanding it, then it can be very confusing. So just make sure they know this is the boundary. This is what we're expecting. And then oftentimes there there does need to be some training time yeah. and reminding. And if you've like counted to three and that's your pattern, you're going to have to sit down with your child and say, we're not counting to three anymore. We're doing it right away because delayed, delayed obedience is disobedience. And uh, and then you would you would talk about what it looks like and you might need to, to practice and use specific examples. For example, you are doing this whenever we said no, you know, those type of things. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if that helps. Um, let's see, Gracie is two and a half. Okay, so we're talking about okay, a two so and a half year quite, old. She's quite little still. Yeah, um, that. I mean, what you can even do is explain it to her. It will take some time to help her learn how to do this. You can also make it a, a bit of a game as well and say, you know, do a race type thing. But when mommy calls you, you're going to come as fast as you can. Let's see how fast you can go. I'm going to time you. And you can even time it for her, especially when they're that little. Time it for her and do that, you know, a number of times through, throughout the week and get her into the habit of 
when you say come or, you know, if it's particularly when you're calling to her? You know, we practice this. So I would literally, I would tell the children, go upstairs. And then I'd say, okay, now, especially when they're learning it, you know, sometimes we're expecting them to just be able to obey. Like, you know, it would be different if they're 13 and it's still delayed disobedience. The consequences might be higher. When they're two and a half, the consequences don't need to be hectic. You just need to get them in the pattern and the habit, as Megan was saying. So I, I had the children one by one as they grew up. When they were about that age, they were upstairs. And I would say, okay, you ready? And then I would say, okay, Anya, come here. And then she would come and she would come. And then I would just, if she would come right away, i say, that's it. Yes, you got it. You got it. Well done. Well done. Well done. And clap again. Let's do it again. Are you ready? Okay, you go back up. And I would make it a fun thing. It's when I call you first time, um, you you come. Um, so it was, uh, you know, those are some examples. I think we didn't answer Numfundo. Let's come back to Numfundo. Thanks, Megan. So uh, we, we have a 14-month-old in the house. I never know if no is understood or if I should use a distraction tactic. It's a good question, Numfundo. Distraction can be a beautiful thing sometimes. It can be a good thing. Very tool. helpful. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with distraction. But I think when they're when they're little, um, like that, you can start with with small boundaries. So for example, for us, we wouldn't allow the children at that age to touch the DVDs or to touch plug sockets. Or you know, you can choose something like that to work on teaching them the word no. So when they would go close to it, I would say, we would say, no, don't touch. You know, if they go close, you pull them back. No, don't touch. And you just have to keep being consistent. So it is important for them to learn boundaries and to learn the word no. Hmm. Obviously, you don't want to just be constantly saying no all the time. So we kind of chose a few things. Yeah. Hey, wouldn't you say to work on that specific thing? We, we, with- we, we specifically left the DVDs a place where a 14-month-old could reach so that there was an opportunity to train them. So we would say no, then we would go and pick them up and we move and we would be stern with our voices, no, we said no, you don't get to play with that. And we would move them out of the way, you know. Um, and then, But then you don't sit there staring at them and daring them to go touch it again. Yeah. You just say no, you move it and then you walk away and you look from you know the corner of your eye and see if they go back to it. Normally, they won't go back to it. If they do go back and they're trying to be rebellious, then you say, no, you know, you come over there, you grab it, pick them up and move them. I said, no, you know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> so it's these repetition, it's consistency. It's being consistent. It's following through with what you've said, following through with the boundaries that you've set. Um, Cassandra asked, how important is a tone when addressing misbehavior? It is very important. Um, it is important. We use, but your tone is important. But the volume does not need to go up. We would say really work on your volume not increasing. So volume and tone are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. I said, no, you are not, you know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> but if you're, I said, no, you know, that, you know, don't do that because now you're getting into verbal abuse territory. And it's amazing how so many parents, you know, they, they, we, around the world, there's a, they advocate, you know, no, Spanking, you know, those type of things, but yet they'll use their voices and just, you know, scream. So don't do that. That It's very, very damaging. Bad habits to get into when they get into teenagers. You just, they're going to end up shouting you down mm-hmm. and uh, you don't want to get into that behavior. But tone is important because you're establishing when they're little that you are 
you are mm. the leader. They're, that's what they're asking. They're asking, am I the leader or are you the leader? Yeah. That's the question they want to know. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Because they, yeah. they're looking for a leader. They want to be safe. They want to be led. You can't make them the leader. They're too young. That's a huge burden to put on their shoulders. That's damaging. We speak mm-hmm. a, a lot about this in the courses. And I think just to say with that, there's nothing wrong with having a serious tone in your voice when your children are misbehaving or doing something unsafe or doing something, crossing a boundary you don't want them to cross. You want it You want it to change. You want it to be different. You don't want to shout and scream at your kids, but you do want there to be a, a different tone. Yeah, I'm not sure if we almost out of questions here. Let's see. Let's. All right. Great. Melanie, what about preteens, 11 and 13 year old girls? Okay, so we did mention that we um, have a resource. So it, it was like, how do we cover all the ages in one talk? Um, on the website, um, heart, heartshapeministries.com, if you go to the parenting hub, there's that's a. It, you know, our ministry is a discipleship ministry. We talk much, not just about parenting, about a lot of things. But go to the Parenting Hub, click on Resources, and you'll see we've outlined the differences between um, ch- child, sorry, toddler, child, mm-hmm. and, and teens. And child is that preteen er- uh, age. Mm-hmm. So, and we show you and give you some creative ideas. Look at those free resources. Um, we unpack it in the book. If you haven't got it yet, please get that. Uh, there's a, you can get the ebook. Very easy to get from Amazon or from our website. Um, So it's hard to go into all of those things. Um, And I'm not quite exactly sure what specifically you're asking around uh, 11-year-olds and 13-year-olds. But if you see, if you can, can look at that free resource, it will give you the different behaviors that are common for restlessness, recklessness, and rebellion for that age group. And some of the ways, and remembering that we respond differently. So even for that age group, for restlessness, we still often need to adjust the circumstance. So we have girls that are all, we have three teenage girls. Um, and if they're exhausted or, you know, those meltdowns, we know something in their schedule, this has to be adjusted. You know, same thing for recklessness. You know, that's their mindset. Their mindset needs to be adjusted. And same thing for rebellion, their hearts. And obviously it'll be different responses you use for those things let me give you a quick tip um when you see and it's for all ages really when you see them melting down and you're not quite sure what's happening here you don't know if they're trying to be rebellious or they're or if it's restless and you're not quite sure send them to their room just send them to their room just say you know what this behavior is inappropriate in a public space i i need you to go to your room right now they go to their room and then that always gives you a time to think through is it which R is this restlessness, recklessness or rebellion? Which one is it gives you time? Then it also enables you as they calm down you to come in and you still might have your parent parental kind of posture on. We need to talk about this because this is getting out of hand downstairs and you can come and you can teach them the three R's and say, I'm trying to figure out. If you're just restless and you're exhausted, you're lonely, you're disappointed in something, or if you are just not caring about anybody else but yourself right now, or if you're actually trying to respond in a bitter, harsh way and kick against what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm trying to help me understand what's happening right now because this is, this is important because I want to parent you well in this. And in those, those ages, they can discuss these things. They can connect with that on that level. Mm. And we would say start there. 
if it if it's obvious and they and they're 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 holding up or they're still biting at you or spitting at you, you know that kind of thing. You know they're ah and that kind of thing. Then you know, okay, I think we're in the rebellion stage here, mm-hmm. and then you might need to back away again and say, I'm going to come back with some thoughts on what you need to do. And then that's where you pray. Get on your knees and say, God, give me wisdom to know yeah. how to address this. God, Holy Spirit, right now I need to know how to do this, how to come in here and how to address. And remember the thought, you know, am I addressing, do I need to change circumstance? Because if they say circum, they're exalted, they stayed up all night. Our three girls are on holiday. They stayed up all night last night. Um, so now we're aware they're exhausted today. When they come back, Kurt, you know, to us, we don't just immediately say, hey, what did you, you know, take it as disrespect and we understand circumstance mm-hmm. and the rest of it. And I think just just to add, I know we need to, we're actually going to yeah, We need to wrap soon. up now. But um, in all of these things, our goal is shaping our child's heart. So we want to shape their heart for life. That is what we're going for. Not just controlling outward behavior. And our goal, and certainly in the teenage years, is, is connection with our children. So Definitely. heart connection, shaping their hearts and making sure we are connecting with them and building relationship for the long term.